0: For this segment of Tech Talk with Johnson College, guest Terry Ooms returns to our studio to discuss higher education and the opportunities that exist after high school graduation.
1: Thanks again for being here, Terry. Uh, one thing I wanted to make sure we, we touched upon, um, is something that I hear sometimes from prospective students, but more often um, from parents, is this whole like notion of that there's only one pathway to success. I think there's like a misconception out there that um, only through a four-year degree or four-year pathway um, will somebody be successful. So I wanted to get your thoughts on you know, just the, the, the need for you know, two-year degrees you know, versus you know, four-year degrees.
0: Two-year degrees are imperative. What, what people may be, are thinking of may have been the thing that was 50 years ago, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. but not today. Uh, 2 years degrees um, are usually focused on giving the students state-of-the-art information, um, access and ability to use technology, which business and industry needs now. And there is a clear pathway to success. Uh, through that two-year degree that could lead to many other things um, with continuing education mm-hmm. or without mm-hmm. uh, and, and the world is changing and I think we have to make sure the perception of higher ed changes along with it and so um, like you said looking at an individual holistically but mm-hmm. that becomes a community level problem yeah. with those kinds of issues as mm-hmm. well
1: yeah um, and, and one thing too that we've been talking a lot to students about um, sort of that that relates to that is you know being open to that concept of lifelong learning and but also like stacking their credentials that, you know, again, they, they, they have these needs, um, you know, as long as their basic needs are met, then, you know, typically we then um, take on the, the, the next thing. But just, you know, helping students understand that there's more than one pathway to success, there's more than one pathway to employment. Um, and sometimes just saying like, whether you have to go part-time or started a two-year school you know get your degree start working make some money (laughs) and then you can always go back to school Mm -hmm. but oh like sort of always like looking at um kind of what's right for for them and their in their life and building Uh, on that
0: it's great that you take that approach because i think a lot of students especially going on to higher ed directly from high school panic um, yeah. as as they're ready to enter the workforce. Um, not only about geez did I choose the right career path, am mm-hmm. I am I doing the right thing in the right order and and they're making decisions as if that's it for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And yeah. we see the see that a lot with students that pass through our doors as interns. I've seen it with my own kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, guys, go. You do your best. Yeah. You learn what you like, what you don't like mm-hmm. and then you take the next step and it may be more education or it may be a different job or you know, a different line of work entirely or a different company. Mm-hmm. But this is not this the one decision that you're yeah. making for the next <laughs> 70 years. Uh-huh. And you've got to remember just because you graduated with this degree doesn't yeah. mean you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you may dabble in something that you like and I think that's wonderful, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. But then you better make sure that you have the education behind you to back it up, so mm-hmm. that you're successful in that dabbling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a that, that's a great point. And I always look at it myself too. Sometimes, like you mentioned about being being the the, the parent, I experienced it the same way. I originally wanted to go to a, a two year college. Well, first I wanted to you know manage rock bands, but I, there was a two year college <laughs> on Long Island where I could have been a music management major. Mm-hmm. So I had a gram this grand plan that I was going to go and then um, and then when my parents and my parents said well no like it's just a two year school you need like in their minds the only pathway to success, whatever that even meant, mm-hmm. um, at the time was going for a four year degree. And of course I don't, you know, regret any, any of my, my education. Um, but, but looking back, you know, I, we, I still hear that a lot. I, I see that a lot in talking, um, with parents, um, you know, even sometimes, you know, when we have open houses or there's, there's, there's visits, we, you know, the prospective student, like they're, they're, they're here, they already like see themselves here and see themselves in the workplace, um, and sometimes it's it's still the the parents that you know we, we have to say like there's a lot of value in a two year um, degree, and there's even studies now that sure. that demonstrate that there's like you know sometimes more value, and not to discredit you know four year degrees. No, I think
0: there's something for everyone, but I but I agree with you. I I think it's the results. Of that whole large baby baby boomer generation, yeah. um, in and you know my parents were the same way. And frankly, I was a naive child. I didn't realize there was any other path other than mm-hmm. a four year college degree. Yeah. I thought everybody was going to college. You know, little did I know. Um, and and then as I'm raising my own children, I think it's more because of the line of work I am. I see the different paths and this different opportunities. But among my peers, uh, parents of my children's friends, they're like, you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college. And whether the kid wants to or not, they're being pushed in that direction. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because that generation sees okay my parents didn't have a degree and we either didn't get by or barely got by mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let that happen to my kid my kids yeah. going to college because that's gonna be the only way they're gonna get by mm-hmm. and that's so not the case anymore yeah um, to your degrees certification and credentialing they're extremely important they're mm-hmm. their careers in their own right mm-hmm. and the bottom line I think is that we we have to understand um, and and that not everybody is meant for a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, if that child is not meant for a four-year degree, they need to do something. And this Mm -hmm. is a perfect opportunity for hands-on application, for learning, and still getting a degree, because the folks that don't have any type of post-secondary education are the most likely to be living in poverty for the rest of their Mm -hmm. lives yeah and so that's what we need to get across there is absolutely nothing wrong with the two-year degree in working of any of the trades Mm -hmm. um, that that you want to work in um, regardless of of what other folks think um, because right now in northeastern Pennsylvania, you could be an electrician or a plumber and earning <laughs> six figures a year, mm-hmm. which is well more than a lot of people with a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I and, mean obviously, if you're yeah. in medicine or law, of course, it's something right. different. But, um, you know, that's pretty lucrative. Yeah. Those are definitely family-sustaining wages.
1: Yeah. And I think they're earnings over time, too. I know mm-hmm. there's been... Um, some studies done that just not you know maybe initially they might not be making as as much but I think over time um, the value agreed. of that that credential or degree
0: agreed goes it's up. it's absolutely critical and I mean anyone just needs to to look in their own. Backyard. If you've mm-hmm. called a plumber anytime yeah. in the past twelve months or fourteen months, and you had to wait until they were free, mm-hmm. which could be days, and you paid a hundred dollars or more an hour for their services, it should be an inkling here that yeah. wow, this is pretty lucrative. I know.
1: And I and I try to share it as much as possible. I mean, we have interns, interns making nineteen, twenty. Twenty one dollars an hour. So that's as an intern. So then it only goes up from from Mm -hmm. there. And that's that's, you know, in in all um, almost all of our programs of. Of study. And it's interesting, we try talking with employers about apprenticeship, um, and they, they weren't so much interested in that. I think for, for a lot of them being so busy right now, they might see it as one more thing they need to do. Um, mm-hmm. So we created sort of our own homegrown mm-hmm. apprenticeship type program where our students aren't just getting, doing their internship in their fourth semester, but we're even now um, developing ways in which they can take their labs Right, directly out an industry location. So yeah, the students are getting exposed to the real world of work that much sooner. Employers yeah. are getting exposed to our talent pool that much sooner. So we really saw it as, as a win-win But we developed that whole thing like right. we like we did we, we developed the program. We're managing all of it um, There's certain you know Expectations on the employer's side, but really we're, we're managing mm-hmm. all of it So that seemed to I think work a little I don't want to say better um, for our employers then than the apprenticeship program, but they, they did see it's to another regret. tool. Yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I think we need to go back um, back to when kids are, are in elementary and middle school and um, We need mm. to address Workforce then yeah um, Now I know the the PA future program has been mm-hmm. in place for a couple years Um, the the challenge with that is that it's another mandate for school districts Mm -hmm. and of course the school districts with um, better socioeconomic demographics Mm -hmm. are going to be able to do more with it than those with not so there's another inequity in the system but I think we need to think about how teachers can incorporate uh, occupation and industry lessons within core subjects. Mm-hmm. I think we need to obviously build as a student gets older, but I think a lot of it needs to take place in middle, middle school, because by the end of eighth grade, they're choosing sort of their, their track mm-hmm. for high school. Now, yeah. that's not to say they can't switch afterwards, mm-hmm. um, but I think the earlier that we can start it, it would be more effective, but that alone isn't enough because there has to be a tool or a component that educates the parents as well. Because mm-hmm. we've both noted earlier in our conversation where parents are a driving force, mm-hmm. and parents seem to think four year degrees are the only yeah. option, even if little Johnny's like mm-hmm. a C student. Mm-hmm. Um, so their, parents need to understand where are the opportunities, where are the jobs, mm-hmm. what are the wages, are they family sustaining jobs yeah. by occupation, and then most importantly, what is the education and skill set that that individual needs for mm-hmm. those types of jobs? Yeah. And then they can really be the most beneficial to those kids yeah. in helping direct them as opposed to... I hate to say it, but being a stumbling block, yeah. because they have this perception and image of something that's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's so
1: great that you mentioned middle school. So um, what's interesting, so my daughter's 11. She'll, she'll be going into middle school next year. She already knows well she has said that she has an interest in airplanes she wants to do something in aviation or logistics and that like that gets me so excited because again i know what the future is and i know the demand that that's going to be there so even now again as a parent i'm thinking well how can i encourage that what are things like um because you know right now in fifth grade uh, she's not necessarily getting exposed to that so Mm -hmm. how can i cultivate that or even share like with the school like hey like they, they're all like her friends they're they're starting to, to like know what they what they're interested in what they want to do how do we really um, build that and and at the college too we are now going into some of the younger grades with STEM activities just That's to awesome. yeah expose them to that and That's if they great. if they have an interest try to keep that interest going.
0: Well, as a parent, I would say you you need to go to the school and say, "Okay, what are you doing under the PA Future program yeah. uh in workforce for my my future 6th grade." <laughs> and and find out what's being done and uh, cuz like I said, I I don't think there there's some equity in the system. Um, and that all the kids are going to get access to the same opportunity. So sadly, it may be something that you have to take more of (laughs) of a proactive approach to help educate your daughter. But that's another reason why parent education is so critical because yeah. if the school can't do it or does it mm-hmm. on a limited basis, it's a great opportunity for a parent to fulfill that gap so that the, yeah. the, the kid gets something. Yeah. But we really need to, to realize how important building that workforce pipeline is mm-hmm. because I mentioned earlier about that workforce shortage with mm-hmm. the, the younger population dwindling. Yeah. It starts then. Right. And we build what we need so that mm-hmm. we preserve the, the economic opportunity in our region.
1: Yeah. That's a, that, that's a great point. And we've been doing more and more um, with the school districts to try to get to those lower grades and just, again, just expose them. They don't, you know, it, like you said, who knows how, like, where their interests are then going to go. But if they don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, half the battle, like, that's half the battle not not knowing. So the more we can um, expose them to uh, at an earlier age i I feel the better and the schools i I feel are being very um receptive um, which is really good too and then also getting us in front of parents as you said Mm -hmm. um sometimes that's
0: (laughs) yeah that's another challenge and and the the pa future program is still fairly young too and Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm hopeful they're doing an evaluation of things and tracking things as it goes along to see where they could um improve it for, mm-hmm. for the kids.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where, too, some of like the, those silos are starting to, to come down. Um, you know, in the past, we always had the, the traditional dual enrollment um, with, with high schools. But now I feel like the schools are more open to ideas like our industry fast track, where, you know, seniors um, that do have an interest can, can you almost get a whole year's worth of credit. Um, if they if they want to here at the college. So if they do end up enrolling here, they'll only have a year left on their wow. two year degree. And in some cases um, for our academic certificate programs, um, we have, you know, we have a student from Forest City who earned his welding academic certificate before he he graduated high school. So, wow. again, like now workforce re-
0: <laughs> <We're first> ready. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really impressive. But you also bring up a good point because those types of initiatives are successful for more than one reason uh i mean at at johnson you you have an affordability factor Mm -hmm. which is extremely key but um student debt is another problem and in pennsylvania and in northeastern pennsylvania our student debt averages are pretty high compared to other areas so that's another factor that students need to consider Mm -hmm. with where they go to school and Mm -hmm. how they're going to pay for it and what that return on investment could be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I know that some colleges across the country are looking at, okay, how can we get people out of here in three years? So they're, they're reducing the number of like liberal arts types Mm -hmm. of electives and focusing on getting kids into their core courses and getting them out the door in three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's innovation and education that I think now we're becoming more competitive Mm -hmm. uh, in that sector. Uh, the, the winners are going to rise to the top when, yeah. they, when they can innovate
1: yeah and prospective students and parents are just becoming so much more savvier because they are so I think so much more aware of, of the, the the debt um, and one thing too um, when when people ask me well you know how, like what types of questions should we ask like prospective colleges and I like my advice is always ask them what their their like infield placement rate is or just their, their placement rate in general because that that will tell you a lot like how you know serious, Are they about, you know, not just educating the students, but helping them um, get that initial employment? Um, And for us, it's something, you know, we've always taken very seriously um, because we look at in-field placement rate. You know, the the, the students don't just have a job after graduation, but it's a job in the field in which they came here to study for, um, which has always been high. Typically, a majority of our students have a job in their field before they graduate they even cross the stage at graduation so um, yeah so we're again it, we're, we're very fortunate um, but that you know whenever parents ask me I'm like whether it's here you know at Johnson College or you know anywhere else that, mm-hmm. that your child is, is looking to, to go to school definitely you know again kind of begin with the end in mind like where mm-hmm. like what's you know what's right. gonna be after the two or four years um, for, for my child what are their, their, their prospects
0: That's a a very savvy question that that all parents should be asking and considering in the decision-making I know that the the new federal report card system on on higher ed is also requiring that be part of the published metrics so Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, it's it it is the most important question is what happens after this? What are you preparing that kid for and if you're doing it? Well, then they're they're going to get this outcome at the Mm -hmm. end um, and so I agree with you. That's a great question yeah. to advise parents nice. to ask.
1: And, and in terms of work, like work, you know, going back to the workforce development, what in like your from your perspective, like what are some of the, the the hot jobs and the the hot career paths? What's getting the 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 buzz and. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, um, I looked online this morning um, in in this uh, system that we subscribe to, and right now, as of today, there are 7,444 job postings in Lackawanna County alone. Mm. Um, That's huge. They represent uh, 2,400 employers, um, and... um, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. There are some with the four year degree requirements because it, it, we can break it out by education. There's a lot with two year degrees and certificates mm-hmm. and credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, healthcare, uh, almost any aspect of healthcare, um, the huge demand and will continue to be a huge job generator for the future. Yeah. Um, so, but. Um, yeah, very competitive among educational requirements, but that seven thousand four hundred and forty four yeah. job number right now, mm-hmm. you know that that's opportunity that yeah. that gives people a chance.
1: Mm-hmm. And and in northeastern um, Pennsylvania, I know um, again going back to our history, there's a lot of like the coal and um, sort of being a one industry region. Um, do you I, like do do you hear about that? And and it, you yeah, know, and I know. We are stuck in the past.
0: (laughs) Um, We need to get away from from that. It's great to have history, Mm
1: -hmm. but it's history.
0: So we need to live in the present and plan Mm -hmm. for the future and realize that Northeastern Pennsylvania is very diverse. Um, We have a very diverse industry base, which Mm -hmm. is extremely critical. It means our economy is not dependent on one sector like it used to be on coal. Mm -hmm. So when coal went away, we lost... 80% 80% of our jobs, 50% right. of our population, mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. Now there's some resiliency there in having yeah. that diversity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we can say that there are the top three clusters mm-hmm. in the region are, are dealing with health care and education, uh, manufacturing and logistics. Those mm-hmm. are the top three employers by industry in northeastern Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. under those industry codes, obviously there's a whole variety of yes. occupations from very low skill to very high skill, but those are the three mm-hmm. um, But there's a presence of everything here and yeah. opportunity within those. Yeah
1: I always say like, it, I think we, it's it's just great that we are that diverse economy. and like we don't want to go backwards Let's yeah. not yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. learn we, we do tend to
0: get stuck <laughs> in the past and, mm-hmm. and think about yeah. you know change is bad. No change is really good, because right? look where we are now yes. and that's where our sh- focus should be yeah it's great to have history mm-hmm. and it's great to say that's what it was but yeah. let's focus on the here and now mm-hmm. and how we drive our region to that next level.
1: yeah and and again to going back to what we were saying about you know stackable credentials and career paths you know no one's in that same job anymore for 30 years behind a machine like you know pushing a button again like the industries themselves are so diverse and like you said under those, you know, big buckets of where the demand is, there's a lot of different, um, you know, positions that kind of then funnel up into those those larger um those larger areas and i always say there's there there's a career path for for everyone so again whether you're coming right out of you know a high school or a ctc and maybe can't go to any you know institution of higher ed immediately there's there's sort of a a way an entry point in and then when you're ready and you get that two-year degree there's you know another like sort of set of you know career paths and jobs and again the more edu- education you get there's sort of that that job and, and career path um you know for everyone so i kind of just wanted to hear your perspective on that too i know we touched upon it a little bit earlier um but maybe you can expand on that
0: i wholeheartedly agree um i i think one um A high school diploma just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. So you have to have something. Even if you end up going in um, as a production specialist in a manufacturing firm, you have to have some credentialing to get started. Mm -hmm. Um, But given the fact that there is so much opportunity because of the workforce shortage, you can... Learn and work and learn mm-hmm. and work and build your own path right up yeah. to the top. Mm-hmm. Really, now there there's no excuse unless you don't want it to happen. Yeah, um, but you can drive. And if you make a mistake mm-hmm. and you go for something and it's not something you like, it doesn't mean it's the end. Because there's a whole plethora of higher education opportunities for you to get something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to be open to that. So many people think, well, once I get my degree, I'm done. Yeah, and It's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Maybe 50 years ago it, it was. But today's economy is changing so rapidly. Business changes rapidly. I mean, you just look at the extent of how automation has taken over yes. in business. Uh, And there's now careers that didn't exist five years Mm -hmm. ago. Well, that that evolution is going to continue. And we have to continue to upgrade our skills in order to be relevant. And
1: I think, too, some of that
0: comes out like, through, like, the more partnerships that can
1: be created. I know I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of partnerships, and I, I I challenge myself sometimes to pause and and sort of remind myself that if there's a challenge we're dealing with here um, at the institution, that, I you know, we don't have to go it alone. I can reach mm-hmm. out to non-, you know, to nonprofits or to, you know, my fellow institutions and say, you know what, again, if we want to look at stackable credentials, you know, again, it shouldn't stop mm-hmm. at two years. Like, you know, I could reach out to my to the other colleges in the area and say, hey, we should have more articulation agreements in case students do want to go on um, for their education after That's the
0: two years here. Right. great.
1: Yeah. That and,
0: is great.
1: And same with, like, nonprofits. You know, we talked about um, you know, individuals, you know, the immigrant population, the re-entry population. Um, we're not experts in that, and nor <laughs> do no, we no. need to be. We're, when we're missing so many the gray. boat. Yeah. We are
0: definitely missing the boat because mm-hmm. the um, the Hispanic Latino population in particular, um, uh, the the folks that have gravitated here from the various South and Central American countries mm-hmm. are very familial-oriented. So they're, they're inviting family members at intergenerational levels because they like living here, but they're also very entrepreneurial, Um, and you could see some elements where in some communities, small businesses are starting to spring up, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I think we're not harnessing the capacity of that diversity in a number of ways, Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we really do need To talk and be more collaborative and work together um, because it does create more opportunity. Mm
1: -hmm. Even starting small, I know, you know, we've been talking with United Neighborhood Centers about, you know, is there a small group, uh, you know, cohort of, you know, non English speaking students that are going through their family literacy program? You know, even if it's five students, if they go through that program and then come through a short program here, and again, then they're hopefully getting out into the workforce Mm -hmm. and, you know, elevating their. Um, like their their wages and their their whole their whole mm-hmm. world could change, which is oh, you know yeah
0: that's huge. And then you start marketing those successes, and mm-hmm. then suddenly you can scale it up. Yeah, and do more for more. Right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how
0: I always feel. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, whether you're having an impact or a two or five or five hundred, it's yeah. it always has. that that ripple effects.
0: Great mindset. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Um, so I I guess, you know, any, any final thoughts that I know we covered a lot? um. We sure did. (laughs) And and I
0: don't know who, who's going to listen to our discussion, but I hope the takeaways are that there's incredible opportunity in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, and that, that lifelong learning is key. Um, and that really, You've got to be happy in what you choose to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. And if you try it and you don't like it, there's always something else. It's a great time to be able to figure out what makes you smile. Yeah, I,
1: have to, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, thank you so much, Terry. This has been a wonderful discussion. I really appreciate your time with us. Oh,
0: thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thanks. Find all Tech Talk with Johnson College podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Johnson College, we work.